You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I am your host tonight, Anthony DiNardo. With me tonight, we have Jim Rosati and Tyler A.K.A. Wagner to Hopeless. How do you guys? Hopeless as ever, my friend. Hopeless as ever. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like we just talked. I feel like we just talked, Nardo. <laughs> we did. We did. It hasn't been a whole year either. It's, it's been the same day. How about no, that? It's been like fourteen hours. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Was I just not invited? No. Oh, never mind. I have to work. It's a whole thing. Takes up like eight hours of my day. Yeah, but you work at home, right? Oh, no. I don't actually go to work. Yeah. That, that sucks for you. Being productive member of society, it's tough life. And Tyler's essential. Me and you, not essential. <laughs> like, we all work in the same industry, guys. Kind of, right? <laughs> it's really Except not fair here. Like, what the hell? Our people don't hate us, Tyler. I'm not a lovable person. As much as Tyler. I don't get yelled. Well, never mind. Well, anyways. (laughs) I can't help but that my opinions come out of my mouth sometimes. Yeah. We've we've been uh, fully aware of how sometimes people take your opinions that come out of your mouth, Tyler. No one's ever tweeted at us. (laughs) Not many. Not many people have tweeted positive things about me. We hear about everyone, how everyone loves Jim. Oh, I love Jim. Jim's my favorite. Oh, Jim of the North Shore Nine. That's great. Oh, Tyler, that a-hole. Damn it. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do here? There's one guy that I love and the other one I hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wonder which one's which. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's that, was real, uh, that was a real, that was a real comment. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, guys, it is what it is. True that. It is what it is. Well, the people heard uh, Jim and myself talk about our New Year's Eve 14 hours ago. So, Tyler, why don't you enlighten us about your New Year's Eve? How did you enjoy yours? That was so long ago. It was a week. Gosh, I know, but it feels like it was so long ago now. About a week ago. I'm going to be honest. I didn't You know what responsible guy here? Everyone knows I like to drink. So you'd think I'd go be at the bar, hanging out with a bunch of COVID mass spreaders. No, I hung out at the house. Responsible. Very, very responsible of you. Granted, every bar goes to the tent, so why would I go out? So what did you do at the house? Did you do anything? Because I feel like Jim made fun of me today. Very hardcore in the most polite way possible when I told him I watched Dick Clark. 
Jim might make fun of me even more. <laughs> I drank a 15-pack of beer once I got home. Stayed up till 3 in the morning and watched YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that sounds better than Dick Clark. I'm with you, Tyler. You, man, you can't tell me you have never gotten down a rabbit hole on YouTube and just sat there all night. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. So when I get down rabbit holes, it's mostly on Wikipedia. I go, I go, I go through like big Wikipedia rabbit holes. I don't really sure. go on YouTube ones that often. No, like I, I don't know where I started, but I ended up on like trivia sports shows and just sat there and answered questions and played against the whoever was playing and well, that's at three in the morning. That's why you're the smartest pirate fan in the world. I was really drunk. Yeah, I watched. Dick Clark live tweet a little bit. I don't know. It was just one of them chill nights again. Like, what was I going to do? I'm just sitting home with my wife, drinking, eating Chinese. Yep. That's I'm, sad. It was you a know very what? Sad I think, event. I think we just hit a milestone here, boys. Why? This might be the first drink of water you've ever seen me have on this show. Hey, <laughs> water. That's vodka. We know it. That's water. Crazy! I'm actually drinking water too. I don't know what's going I got on. Got two bottles. We're, we're, I, we're I am right as now. well. Jim, new year, new me. New year, new me. I gotta work out after this. Actually, hmm. well, speaking about, I gotta not show up to work hungover for a little while. Speaking about new year, new me. There's a uh, a new team, new me. Francisco <laughs> Lindor headed over to the Mets. First off, I want to ask you guys. How shocking was it that this happened? I mean, Lindor to the Mets. Is there a shock factor here? I was. Shocked that he went to the Mets, maybe, but shocked that it happened. I'm more shocked that it didn't happen two years ago. Why? They've been, the Cleveland's been talking about trying to deal him for since he basically broke into the league. They've been talking about trying to deal him, so I'm more shocked that he went to the Mets, but I mean, with Cohen coming in, they seem like they're actually trying to win, and it kind of sucks as a Pirates fan, because there's another team that's just going to be above you, because there's another team that can spend money. Right. Which, by the way, (laughs) Hank entered the stream. He said hi. Hi, Hank. Howdy, Hank. Hope you're feeling good. Hey, Hank. We got a comment from Weenies2K, first-time caller. How does the Lindor trade Affect all of your horrible facial hair? I'll hang up. Is that Bucko uh, Mike in disguise? That's that would be Bucko Mike. That's got to be a Bucko Mike like doppelganger. We found his burner. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> the Lindor trade does not affect my facial hair one bit. Um, no. But but to kind of piggyback on what Tyler said, I I. I the Mets are a good landing spot for Lindor because they're obviously in this, they're in this very win now mode, it seems like, and they are, they are willing to spend the money. Um, So I would expect that this trade will eventually turn into a extension, an extension for, for Lindor. And, you know, we could see Francisco Lindor as the shortstop for the Mets for the next decade. Um, so I, I I am a little surprised that the Mets were the trade partner though, because not a super strong farm system. Um, not I, I a super like, strong you know, return either. 
Yeah, not a super strong return. I would have expected a little bit more, even though it's still only for just one year of Blindor. Mm-hmm. We're talking about one year of arguably the best shortstop in baseball, you know, easily top three and and, and definitely like a top 10 player in, in the league. You know, we're, we're talking about an elite player here. Um, and he got traded for... <sighs> I mean, I'm a decent player. Yeah, like Jimenez is fine. He's good, and he'll he'll be the shortstop of the future for the Indians. Um, But he's no he's no Lindor. He's not like an impact talent. I feel like that's one thing that they missed here is they they got a they got a bunch of guys who are you know have some talent, but none of these guys are like impact guys, um, high upside guys. Where I feel like that's something that they could have gotten for. Francisco Lindor definitely if they would have traded him last offseason they would have been able to probably get that um but I also give them a little bit I'm not gonna give them credit because we'll go into the reason why I won't give them credit they should have never made this deal in the first place but they did hold on to him because they were in contention so at least they weren't like hey let's just deal him now right because it's inevitable even though they you know were still were in contention for I mean, they, they, they were the best team in the American League Central for the past two or three years, arguably. Um, and, and so that's – I think that's the reason why they didn't move him earlier. But, yeah, it's uh, it's surprising. I think it's always – it's a sad day for just the sport in general when you see superstars like this get traded. I like I said, I, it sucks for Cleveland fans. I feel bad for them. I mean, Lindor is a guy that they probably were hoping they could watch for a while. <laughs> Jim said he feels bad for Cleveland fans. I feel Screw bad them. for Cleveland Tyler, fans. Tyler, but Tyler, I know, how, how do you feel? I know how they Tyler. feel, though. I know how they feel, though. You know what? I woke up in a bad mood today, and then I saw Cleveland fans upset. Suddenly, my mood just changed. I I couldn't tell you what happened, but <laughs> so I have, my mood just flipped. I have nothing against Indians fans, and honestly, even. Fans. And even Browns fans, like they're oh, I have everything against so, them. So, so I, I have no real opinion on them. I don't have to interact yeah. with them ever. I could see you living in Ohio. You interact with Browns fans on a daily basis. I can't tell you the last time I met a Cleveland Browns fan. I, I honestly don't know if one exists. I, I've never met one in my life. Um, they're, they're unicorns to me. So they don't really. I don't have this deep hatred for Cleveland fans because I've never really wow. talked to one of my before. Unicorns. I mean, too. You're... you mean kind of like a Lamar Jackson decent pass. Denardo, you know what's strange here is that he has never met a Cleveland fan, but if you dig deep, Jim really is a Cleveland fan because he's a Ravens fan and <laughs> you know you know who they are. Right, right. He's he's definitely pretend, not. You know he's a Steeler fan. But we all know deep down you're really a Ravens, a Ravens fan. fan. Definitely not a Ravens fan. No, but Jim said that Cleveland is irrelevant to him. But they, their Browns fans are relevant to me as well. But I am like Cersei Lannister. They're all peasants to me, but I still don't want anything good to happen to them. I want to maintain my throne up here, and then if that dragon comes in and burns them, I'm going to live for it. It could burn me too. They all die with it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've heard that quite a few times. So <laughs> I was waiting for it. But honestly, like back to this trade, really, man, I mean, again, like, right. The Mets don't have a strong farm system, right? 
which I mean, really is irrelevant. If it matches up, it matches up. You don't have to say we'll not trade for the Mets. We'll not trade for the Angels. We'll not trade for these certain teams because their farms aren't good. There's still players there. And if it matches up, it matches up. But I'm I'm with you. Like you have Lindor. He's not a Mookie Betts, but like let's 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 compare this to like last year where the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers, right? You're talking about a superstar type player. The Red Sox were able to get a very good return. Think about it. That's a, that a good, that's a much better return than this. And I feel as if, I mean, what happened here? It, it was light, but also, I mean, what did the Indians do? Well, they also package in Carrasco there. Let's get rid of his contract also, right? They went the cheap route, right? We want to dump this salary. Let's get that out of here. So we'll take a lesser return. That's how I felt. I mean, they probably could have got a pe- better package if they just dealt Lindor. But they added like, like Carrasco in it. And that's how I look at the Mets and I'm like, well, the Mets can afford both of them. Not only did they get Lindor, who's this impact superstar player, but like Jim said, they could sign long-term. They got Carrasco. Carrasco signed through 2022 with a team option in 23. You know, $12 million each year for the Mets and what they're trying to do. And to add another pitcher of that caliber as well, like they can afford that. But the Mets, to me, made out very fine in it. Very, very fine. You made a really good point there with the Carrasco part that I think everyone kind of forgets about when we talk about this trade. Carrasco's a dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, Carrasco could go get Ahmed Rosario plus some himself. True. True. I mean, I understand. And then they threw in maybe the best season was pretty bad, but he came back this year and looked strong again. I mean, for a few I mean, the years guy there, had cancer. He was like a five-four pitcher. So yeah, right. I mean, twenty nineteen, he had cancer. Came back in twenty twenty. Yeah. Had an awesome twenty twenty. But you look at his twenty seventeen, his twenty eighteen, his his two full seasons prior to being diagnosed with cancer. He was a stud. Like he was, he was really yeah. good. Uh, we're, not like, we're not talking about a number five starter here. No, we're we're talking about a top of the rotation guy. Um, <laughs> And he he looked like that again last year. So right. and, and they already have DeGrom. Yeah. guards mm-hmm. coming back from Tommy John. Like this gives him that protection. You know, like he is already a good pitcher. So now guard, I mean, he comes in and slides in as what, like their number three. If he can give him the talent that he has had in the past, not only are you getting Francisco Lindor as this stud shortstop, but now that rotation, that, that pitching used to be a strength. That pitching can now also be a strength once again. You you drop a Carrasco, you drop a Syndergaard, you drop a Degrom. You also got Stroman in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, yes, yep, yep. They no, I mean looking at this Mets team, some. this Mets team is 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 good. I mean that, that NL East, I, I you know going into this year, I would have thought it was just it was probably the Braves, the Braves to lose. Um, but the Mets have made up some real ground this this offseason. And they are a good, they are a good team. And they've got some young talent. They've got a core in place. Mm-hmm. And they've got and they've got the money to spend on the superstars like this. I said, I, I fully expect Lindor to sign an extension now. Uh, the, the the Mets now have that leg up where they can they can negotiate with him one on one, not have to worry about other teams offering him anything. Right. And I think about this and, guy's now in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, you want to talk about marketability? Yep. You know, the guy's now in New York. I, I don't know Francisco Lindor personally, but he's going from Cleveland to New York. S- sign me up. Like, I'll, I'll sign. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to take much for me mm-hmm. to sign this extension here. I'm good. I'm just and, waiting on him to go out there and get Bauer. All right. And again, this is it's or Springer. I I I love right. Francisco Lindor. I mean, he he's a great guy. Watch it, watching the watching him play is so much fun. He's mm-hmm. excellent defensively, you know. And then the bat is just you, know, you typically don't see that sort of production out of the shortstop position, and he he can do it. Um, so yeah, if you're a Mets fan right now, you're looking at what has happened this off season. And you are giddy with excitement. Like you want this 2021 season to start as soon as possible um, because they, they have put something together. And the weird thing is I don't, I don't think I've ever been happy for a new York team in my life, but the way that new, the Mets have had to play the giants or little Patriots. Okay. Okay. Yes, exactly. Twice. Fair. (laughs) Fair. Okay. But I, other than that, I don't think I've ever felt good for a New York team, but the way they've had to play little brother to the Yankees all the time, and they have their ownership group has treated them as a middle market team to a small market team at times. Mm-hmm. They finally got something going their way, and maybe it's just my hatred for the Yankees, but I'm all right with the Mets being the king of New York for a little bit. I don't know if this puts them as king, but what I will say is it's no longer big brother, little brother. You know, like you now have two formidable teams in New York battling out AL, NL. You know, like this is a legit, it's kind of exciting. Big brother, when's the last <laughs> big time? Big brother just came back from college and now he's 6'5, <laughs> 220. Right, right. But like, think about it, like yeah. in LA, when's the last time that the Angels and Dodgers were both like really, really good? Right. When's the last time the White Sox and Cubs were really, really good? And obviously in New York. So, like, you have two powerhouses in the same city right now. Just what the MOB wants. Yeah, wow. I'm sure Major League Baseball themselves, I mean, they're they're happy about this. They can market Lindor now. I mean, they're, they're, they're all about it. The <laughs> Narder wasn't that cute. He said that they're going to market a player. <laughs> oh, that's true. They should. They oh, should that's market funny. him. That anchorman quote. That was adorable, Jim. Jim said a funny joke today. I wrote it down on my diary. <laughs> <laughs> Lindor will be like three blocks away from the MLB Network studio. Never hear from him. Right. They're just going to walk by. We don't even know who he is. Right. But let's let's pivot this. When we talk about the Mets, let's pivot this to the Indian side here. So once again, as you two both, both mentioned, it seemed like it was players, right? How Jim said they could have got an impact player. They didn't. It has got guys that are fine. The last time we really talked about the Indians on this show was the Clevenger deal, which also you would imagine could have landed an impact player and it got them some fine guys as well. So they've traded Lindor, they traded Crasco, and they traded Clevenger. <laughs> what do they yeah, really they- have to show for it? I mean, a lot of stuff, right? They got depth, but nothing of, uh, of, nothing of immediate impact, nothing of, they got no, they have have no MVP caliber players now, whereas they just gave up. Well, I guess you could, you could throw Bieber in there. But, but as far as um, they gave up some premier talented guys and they didn't get premier talent back. 
I think that's the important thing to realize here. They, they, they had three elite players that they've traded and they didn't get elite players back. They got good stuff back, but not yeah. elite talent. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it's not like there's a bunch of crap, you know, there were decent players, but you would just think of those type of caliber players, you would get something of real, real good value there. You know, like really, really solid prospect. You, know, you got to really fight to get Clevenger. So we'll give you this, you know, this top guy, you know, and as mentioned, going back, like the Mookie Betts, like that was a really good deal for the Red Sox. Just one year of bets as well. You had one year of Lindor here. I know he's not exactly the same, but to get this return, it's kind of rough. I don't know. Cleveland. Oh, it's it's such a shame. I I really hate to see this happen to such a great city like Cleveland. <laughs> it puts well, it makes you eye. wonder. It you makes what? you wonder if like is is like someone like Ho- is Jose Ramirez next? Are they just going to go ahead and just blow up the entire thing? Right. I mean, so Jose it's Ramirez, cool. his he does have some some club options, you know, after mm-hmm. this year, but the the Cleveland Indians as of right now, have no committed contracts after 2021. Not one. Right. So they've got club options for Jose Ramirez in 2022 and 2023. Um, so I mean, is he now a guy who – I mean, if based on this trade, I don't know if the Indians are competing. Probably not. You know, they, they have a $40 million payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's not really the <laughs> Say, the say it again, Fresh Jim. Say it again. $40 million payroll now. Not really the mark of a competitive team. So, I mean, at this point, do you you deal Jose Ramirez? When is Shane Bieber going to go? I mean, Shane Bieber's still on his his minimum contract, but Mm -hmm. one more year, Shane Bieber's in arbitration, and he's going to get paid. I don't know know where they're going. And I think that's that's a good valid valid point because it's like, are they looking at this – First off, it's very similar to the NL Central, like the NL everywhere, AL and AL and NL Central, I should say, um, is very weak. It's very weak, right? And that's why I think Cleveland's been pretty, like you said, that's why, that's why they probably hung on to Lindor last year too, because it is so weak and we have this opportunity. And again, now that being just 60 games, you know, too, let's go ahead and see what happens. Um, but now at this point, I mean, it's still weak. I don't know if it's going to turn that quickly i mean obviously the chicago white Sox are up there like there's no way cleveland's catching them right now so are they maybe looking at this like the twins are gonna come down it's still gonna take some time for detroit they've gotten some major league talent back you know if not they're close are they looking like maybe they can turn this around in like two years or is one even too close i don't know but like you're saying that at that point ramirez's options you know 23 is his last one i just feel like you got to trade Ramirez, right? And if you've gotten a bunch of just players and just guys now, Ramirez and Bieber, like you say, are those chips where you can capitalize and get them impact players. Right. And, and like you mentioned before, like the, these trades that they're making, they're not, they're not trading for 19 and 20 year old single A players with upside. They're, they're getting guys back who are already in the majors, you know, maybe just made the majors like they're getting major league Musgrove players back in these and... deals. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're getting back. And I mean, Ahmed Rosario is a former top, top prospect, yes. right? 
didn't really work out. He's also 25 and in his fourth year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's 25 now, but he, he does have a really strong pedigree. He had a, he had a nice 2019 great defensively. He, he's, the, he's a good player. Um, same thing. Like I said, I, I feel like Jimenez is going to be a good player. So they got, they got all these pieces that they can plug into their major league team that they won't suck. Like the Indians aren't going to suck. This isn't a bad baseball team, but like, what are they doing? I, 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 that's kind of the thing. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're not paying anybody. They're not, they're clearly not trying to keep pace with the White Sox, mm-hmm. let alone the twins. Um, so I, I, they're, they're kind of just, they kind of remind me of what the pirates have done the past three years, honestly. Shocking kind of, how we're you know, talking about that. Before, before, uh, before this past year, you know, the pirates just kind of, treaded water and hope that they could break 500 and i don't know if that's going to do the job in the al central traded away one of the best players at their position things of that nature that jim's totally against exactly don't know how much more i gotta lead into it we'll get there i mean do we want to do it now (laughs) is this it no i was actually going to say before you get to that like this is a great trade if we're talking about three years ago with Rosario. Like if we look back and Rosario's twenty one and number ten in the baseball America prospect rankings, but now we're in year four of him in the MLB and his best offensive season is one hundred WRC plus great glove, but I mean does anybody imagine him being anywhere near Lindor? No. 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 Him it is. I mean, it's a project. I have to, I'm in Ohio, like Jim already mentioned. I've had to read everybody talk about the scouting reports on him. Uh, well, if he fills into his body and if he, he's got quick hips and the power will come, he's, he's 22. I mean, you're not coming across another Francisco Lindor. So it's, <laughs> well, that's I get it. He's got one year, man, but yeah, I'd rather boo or bust it. That's what's interesting. Like they got back these two middle middle infielders, right? And and the Mets held on to probably the one guy that they would have rather held on to, which is Ronnie Mauricio. So the Mets mm-hmm. didn't have to give up their right. top infield prospect. Um, you know, they, they dealt away their yeah, and they get Lindor. So who really even cares, right? So like they they're giving away these young, talented middle infielders, but they don't need cares? them now. Right. <laughs> exactly. they're, they're useless yeah. to them now. Like that's why again, like on the Mets side, like how is this yeah. not such a win for them? This, there's there's n- absolutely I can't find a single bad thing on the Mets side of this deal. Like even if no, even if let's say even if we you know Ahmed Rosario goes on to be a, a really good major league player, Andres Jimenez blossoms into you know a, a nice ball player, right? Even if that happens, the Mets still got Francisco Lindor. <laughs> so like who? So like who cares? Like who cares right. if you're a Mets fan? What these what these players they just gave up? do because right. you just got francisco lindor you're probably going to lock him up for a long time so who cares and, and again so so going back to like why i'm shocked about the mets part of it was i'm shocked because their farm isn't that great they have money to spend but even like out of cohen's mouth you know you've got to build the team from the ground up like hey i think he has that mentality so i think i was kind of shocked at a trade like that type of a player like lindor happened for the Mets because i figured they'd want to 
keep a lot of more prospects in their system right now and just spend the money. It's that way, like, you know, they can kind of keep this going. Get this uh this team pretty elite, you know, top to bottom, back to where they want to be. But then again, like you're saying, like when you look at the trade, you're like, well, I I know it was a trade. I know they 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 got rid of prospects and some of the farm, but honestly, if you can make that trade to get a Lindor, you do it. <laughs> you do it every day of the week. And they did it. And I just like again, so like part of me is just was there no other team that was willing to part with more? I mean, are we in such right. a state that it's like the Indians needed to attach Carrasco to this, right? Because they were just so desperate to get rid of money. I keep forgetting about that part. But again, like they're just so desperate <laughs> to get rid of money that they had to attach Carrasco for a deal for Lindor. And and all these teams are balking except for the Mets. Like the Mets really want to stand up and say, we'll take on that salary. Yeah, and if you look at it, if you're a Mets fan, I mean, with Jimenez and Rosario, what is your best case scenario with these guys? They turn into Francisco Lindor, the guy you just got. Mm-hmm. That's and your that's best, best case scenario best with them. I mean, that's that is like, yeah. absolutely that might be perfect. Best, 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 best. Everything goes correct. Right <laughs> Less right. than that, like yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, our best. What what's how's this bite us in the ass? They turn into Francisco Lindor. Guess what? We got him. And Carrasco. Hmm. Uncle <laughs> Mike made his appearance. He's Uncle Mike's in. back on. He's not on his burner account anymore. So he says, hello. Hello, Kenny Loggins, the second, and Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bucko Mike. Yeah, guys. No, so, I mean, going back, though, you know, we, you know, again, I think it's just disgusting that teams trade away once-in-a-generation type talents like this. It's bad for bad for their fan bases. It's bad for it's bad for everybody. It's not bad for the Mets. <laughs> so the, the large market teams, I guess, it's good for. But as far as uh, the as newly as large market, the newly classified market large teams, market team, the yeah, New York Mets, yeah, those those teams, it just sucks. Like it sucks that like being a fan of if you're a fan of the Cleveland Indians you're probably not going to run into another talent like Francisco Lindor for another 10 or 20 years, like being realistic here. And uh, yeah, you had, you had them. All you had to do to keep them was to pay them. That's all you gotta do. You just had to pay them and they didn't do it. Now they have a $40 million payroll. Yeah, it sucks when, I mean, the guy is a in his prime and you have to give him away. It's different if he's not in his prime and coming off two mediocre seasons and you have to trade him away for a guy that comes in and has like a, I don't know, like a three point something war and like a through like 130 WRC plus. You can live with that. You can't live with him being in his prime, though. Let's talk. So <laughs> we're going to, the thing is we can easily spin this to, I mean, if we're talking to our fans and people are listening to this, right. Our fans, because we're so beloved. Um, hey, we are the number two baseball podcast. Everyone, in all everyone, of Belgium. yes. Everyone in Belgium listening to right now. All right. Tune in. Yeah. So us yeah. pirate fans, right. We're accustomed to this 
we understand this because just some years ago, the Pirates traded Andrew McCutcheon, who you could say was like our Francisco Lindor, right? Now, to Tyler's credit, we'll talk. He wasn't on the same level, but that face, that markability, like that that impact player, right? He was our best player in the past 20 years as well, as Jim said. You're not going to get that for another 20 years, right? So Lindor, Kutch, very comparable. Trade-off Kutch, Indians trade-off Lindor. <sighs> Jim. It's actually almost the, the anniversary of that deal as well. January 15th is when Kutch was traded to the Giants. So today is January 7th, so a week, a week from today. It's about. Andrew McCutcheon was traded to the Giants. And I know Jim has some feelings on that. And I'll let you take the floor. Um, I mean, I hated the deal when it happened. I hated But you've been the deal very vocal and... on. You've brought this back up on Twitter lately yeah. as well. So you've yeah. opened the wound here. I just want to start. You're the one who's opened no, you're right. this wound. You're right. I, I talk about it quite often. I hated it when it happened. I hated it even in 2018 when it seemed like it was a good baseball move when Brian Reynolds was actually it was 2019, 2018. Nothing really happened. Kyle Crick was on the team and he was fine. Um, 2019 on, you know, obviously Brian Reynolds debuted, looked like he was going to be good. Um, clearly not on a cutch MVP level. Good. But you know, he was, it seemed like he was going to be a good solid, outfielder for the pirates for the foreseeable future still hated it then um and it just goes back to the whole you know i, I want to be entertained when i'm watching baseball games and so whenever whenever a fan base gets a guy like andrew mccutcheon i don't care if he's on his downside of his career like it's not like andrew mccutcheon sucks now either i mean the 2020 if we're throwing 2020 out of the books because it was weird you know, 2019, he was kind of having a resurgence up until he, he got hurt. Um, 2018, he was an above average hitter. He was well above average. 121 WRC plus in 2018, the first year he left the Pirates. 2019, 120 WRC plus. So it's not like Andrew McCutcheon is bad anymore. Andrew McCutcheon isn't an MVP anymore, but he's still a good, solid major league player. And I would rather him be on the Pirates and being a good, solid major league player then being on another team, seeing him do all these things that that you know we would lo- we would love to see him do here if he were a pirate. Um, he clearly loves the city of Pittsburgh, and I think that's kind of where it comes back to is just you know we're not talking about just a guy on our baseball team. Like the Pittsburgh Pirates are a member of the Pittsburgh community, and the the members on the, the players on the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, become members of this community, and there's a bond there that they share and, and McCutcheon in the, in, in Pittsburgh clearly have this connection and the pirates broke them up. I mean, that's what happened. The pirates broke up mm-hmm. that connection. Um, Not you, Andrew. It's I mean, right. And I mean, he named his son steel. Like that's, <laughs> that's like Andrew McCutcheon is a yinzer. Like he, he, he named his kid after. And that city. was after, after um, he was traded too, let's also say that like this wasn't when he was yeah, in Pittsburgh. So, so it's one of those things where it's it, it sometimes it's more than just, hey, he's not an MVP player anymore. We need to trade him while there's still value. 
Some of it's just, hey, there's clearly something here between him and our fan base. Let's stay, let's keep this guy around. Um, and like same thing with like I said, if we're, if we're comparing this to Lindor, Francisco Lindor is not going to be the best shortstop in baseball for the next 15 years, right? But he's going to be one of the best base, but you know, but one of the best shortstops in baseball for the next five years probably. And, and yeah, he may want a 10 year deal, and you're not going to sign him unless you give him a 10 year deal. But you're paying you're paying the back end of that contract for for just keeping him around and, and appeasing. Like I don't, don't want to make moves to appease your fan base. I'm not saying that, but there's only so many times, and we've seen this with Pirates fans. There's clearly, there's clearly a, a breach of trust that Pirates fans have with the organization. You know, you'll never convince me that Pittsburgh is not a baseball town. Pittsburgh is just a town that doesn't trust their baseball team um, because th- their team has broken that trust numerous times over and over and over again. Every time the Pirates have somebody who this, this city gravitates to, they get, they trade them, right? And that's, that's just how it's been. Um, at some point, you got to just – you gotta just keep somebody around. Like, when was the last time that we, when we, we haven't had a pirate for life? When was, who was the last pirate for life? The like, Roscus. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, and he I guess free, never free agency's different now. Free agency's different now. Baseball's different than any other sport. You know, you can tell me these things over and over and over again. I understand the economics of baseball, but at some point in time, you can't just keep kicking your fan base in the nuts over and over and over and over again and expect them to, to reward you with their attention and their dollars um, and their time and their effort. And I think, you know, the Pirates fans are fed up. I mean, clearly based off of attendance, right? Um, Cleveland fans are, are fed up. Um, so it's just it's sad to see because, I mean, I feel like everybody – Everybody should be able to kind of have that that face of the franchise every now and then that they can uh, be like, hey, yeah, that guy's a pirate or that guy's an Indian, right? Whatever fan, whatever fan of a team you are, you should be able to have that guy. And Rand. cool. So, are you done with this this love fest? Done with the love fest. All right, good. Just, just so that- everyone knows, my God, I had to sit here and listen to this group <laughs> chat all freaking day while I actually. Really worked, and both of them just went back and forth about Andrew McCutcheon for a little while. And I told him just stop and save it for the damn show. So now I'm mediating and just letting them go and go and go, and probably go some more. And it'll probably lead into Starbucks special um, Friday version, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So this is my issue, Jim, because I, I think, and I'll put it out there. You know, we're gonna peek behind the curtain and and no things sacred. You more or less said, hand him a blank check, right? Like your your thought, and I'm going to be a little facetious on that, but more or less your thought was whatever it takes to keep Andrew McCutcheon here for his career do, right? And that's your mindset of this, right? Where you're at? Exactly. Yep. So, but at the same time, you're talking about the GM. Isn't your role and job mm-hmm. as a GM to put your team in the best situation? Yep. Okay. So let's get economics out of here just also completely. 
Is it going to be smart to give someone like Andrew McCutcheon just a lifetime deal just because he's Andrew McCutcheon? If you're also trying Time to out, you can't throw economics out the window. No, like that's a big part. It's of coming this. back. It's coming back. But at this point in time, is it smart to just say, especially for a guy who has already trended, right? I know what you're saying, Jim. He was not a terrible player. And I get that. And I do think he gets too much hate. I think once the trade happened, a lot of people turned on Andrew McCutcheon and said, we well, so bad. And I don't want to get that out there. And I try to make a point too. like, I still support him. I still love Andrew McCutcheon. He's a great guy, great person, but he's also still a good player. He wasn't trash. He had a very, very bad year, an extremely bad year in 16, which of course was one of the biggest reasons why the pirates did not do well in 16 because he, along with other players had really bad years. But since then he's has produced good years, right? But regardless, with those good years, are you willing to give someone who's, especially the defense, declining as much as it has, right? Are you willing to give someone like that just a lifetime deal? We're not talking about someone who, like Mike Trout, who is still in his prime but still just raking. Are you saying we need to compete for the next 10 years and I'm going to do it knowing I have Andrew McCutcheon getting $30 million a year? So I guess it goes back to you wouldn't be giving him $30 million a year because he isn't worth $30 million a year. But Andrew McCutcheon signed a three-year $50 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. That's $16.5 million a year. That's Are you saying that the Pirates couldn't do that? If the Pirates had Andrew McCutcheon on their team right now with that exact contract, they would have roughly a $60 million payroll. Got there, Donardo. Do we know what, what was he wanting though for the extension? Because what he got in, in the free agency is different from what he was wanting in the extension. He was wanting, and I know it wasn't thirty. I can't I imagine. It 30, not, I know I, it wasn't thirty. I, I he was wanting over a hundred million. More than that. Mm, uh, I guess we'll never know, honestly. But okay, and that's fair. Okay, we'll never now, know. In Jim's yeah. defense here. What's the worst that happens if you just don't trade him? He ends up with that three-year, $50 million contract. You can't offer that? You can. But is there also not a better way to spend that $50 million? The problem is that they aren't spending it anyways. But that's a different story. That's a different – okay, I – Okay. Yeah, you're right. It is a it different is a, story, but it's, it's all part, so it's all that's, part that's of this. It's fair. It's all part of the same story. Like they could be giving sixteen million dollars to Andrew McCutcheon. They decided not to. That's that's it. Like that. That's it's that it's that simple. <laughs> all right. So now I do want to bring the economics into this. Okay. Oh, now he does. So now I want to bring the economics into this because. Me and you are on the same page. You're much more vocal about this, and I get it. Um, but yes, owners can spend money. Nothing is cheap, right? So it's on the owners. It's on the structure of MLB as well. Both play a hand in it. And I think I, I'll, I'll say your statement as well for you, Jim, and I, because I'm on board. Right? I think you'd mentioned something too, like the owners are what made it. So it's the owners in both ways, right? The owners create the system, and they're playing the system, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's fair. So the Pirates are a smaller market team. The Pirates do play cheaper. If the Pirates did go ahead and sign him to a lifetime deal, okay? Right now we're in the rebuild. And then we'll be coming up and playing and trying to compete. 
and now we have Andrew McCutcheon contract. It's like the Cincinnati Reds all over again, right? Now you got to fight with this contract, and and what do you do? The Cincinnati Reds decided, well, we can't go into a full rebuild because Bottle's going to be completely washed up by the time we're ready. So we got to speed this up, and you become the Cincinnati Reds who just, just make some crazy type of moves that don't really make sense, but it's because they're so worked up and trying to be competitive so quickly again to be a you know a productive team and it's just a mess and i just feel like that's what you get if if you do that like like there's you, you can point to the, the detroit tigers like they might be wishing they didn't have Miggy on the team right now because that would help them currently at this point in time you know the reds would currently be better off if they didn't have Votto. and like i think the same thing would be said for a cut like if Kutch was here he would be the burden on this rebuild, which does suck, by the way, but it'd be even more of a burden. Right? And I just completely disagree with you. No, I mean, I, I, I think you're way off. The Cincinnati Reds payroll right now, right now, as it stands for 2021, is $109 million. $109 million. It's, it's, it's $70 million more than the Pirates. We're not talking about the Dodgers. We're not talking about even well, but, uh, Let's Cardinals. be fair, though, too. The, the Pirates have bought them out. They're at the beginning part of the rebuild, where the Reds are supposedly at their portion where they're competing. Do we want to look at the Reds' payroll over the course of five years? I feel like it's been a 109 well, No, the last and that's what I'm getting years. at. We don't because it's not fair to because the Reds have never bought them out because of Votto. You know, don't like, have to. Like, well, you say they didn't the, have to, like, but it hadn't gotten them anywhere, right? They've been terrible through and through. Well, they've made bad terrible moves. to average through and through. If the Pirates over the course of this last decade had payrolls roughly around $110 million with the core of players that they've had at their disposal, they wouldn't have been terrible. Like, okay. imagine if you would have added. Imagine if you just had an extra $30 million in 2013 or 2014 or 2015. Maybe, you know, they had 98 wins in 2015, right? What if they spent an extra $10 million? Could they win one or two more games instead of playing, you know, instead of running into a buzzsaw in the wild card? Maybe you win a division and you get a home home advantage in a series. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's not that, it's not that, it's not like I said, sixteen. We're talking about sixteen million dollars for somebody on a team that has a payroll of forty-five million dollars right now. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about like Andrew McCutcheon's going to handcuff this franchise. You know that that's the problem right now is no deal that the Pirates sign. The Pirates could have gone out and signed Manny Machado for thirty million dollars a year. And their payroll would be about $75 million right now. I mean, I get that, Jim, but still, if they did that, they're still so, they're winning 67 wins right now. Oh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that, but would you okay, rather so win 67 games and, and watch Manny Machado? $60 million would you rather... dollars or so, you know, to even get there and start talking. Okay. Yes, but to be and fair. I guess the point is they should be doing that. Like, but, until, they, until they can prove to me that they aren't actually capable of it, I just honestly... I don't believe them. I don't believe that the Pirates can't consistently have a $100 million payroll. If the Cincinnati Reds can consistently have payrolls over $100 million, so can the Pirates. 
And to be fair, you mentioning Manny Machado takes them to 75 million. If this team was run correctly, they should add another 30 million to the payroll. They're at 105. Like, we're not talking about something outrageous here. And I, I agree. More I'm, 95. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't you disagree to go with out that. there and have $200 million payroll. I'm saying you should have a $100 million payroll. Like, it's embarrassing that the Cincinnati Reds have a set, have, have $70 million more in payroll expenses than the Pirates. It's embarrassing. They also didn't give up Meadows and Glass now. Right. <laughs> Ideally. My, my thing is... And Ryan had a little take on this as well, and that's where I'm at. Where the Pirates messed up Ryan. was holding on to Kutch too long. Because I look, and of course, everything's, as Cam Newton likes to say, 50-50 in hindsight. When you look in hindsight, it's 2020, right? But if they traded him at the correct time and say it was just Giolito, something else, right? It wasn't Robles, whatever. Just Giolito and another piece. Maybe even Dunning, right? The Pirates are now on pace. You're probably keeping... Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, Shane Boz. You're not making that deal because you don't need to, right? Like this is a whole better situation. They're probably competing right now. That didn't happen. Like where they screwed up actually was they hung on to them too long, lost value, and there you go. Uh, kind of almost like the Indians right now. Like I get why they did it, but had they traded Lindor a year ago, they probably could have got more of an impact player, and they're competing again. To me, winning ultimately matters. The Rays do it to an extreme that it gets annoying. And I can get where fan bases get annoying. But if you're going to tell me that I don't get to watch Joey, I have to sacrifice watching Joey Votto be a red for his entire career, right? But go to the ballpark and not really have any hope for much because we're just going to be kind of eh, right? We're, we're the eight and eight Miami Dolphins, like every single year. Just meh, right? There's no hope. You're not going anywhere. You're not bad enough to get a good draft pick and get better. You're just you're just there. But great, I get to watch Joey Votto. I don't really care about that. Give me a good team. If I can trade Joey Votto right now, trade Joey Votto. Let me get a damn good team again. Let me have some hope. Let me get excited. You know, go to the ballpark and, and have some hopes of really making a playoff push. If they had some hopes in the off season, right? They became the Cleveland Browns. They're the, the off season champions a few years back when everyone's crowning them, the NL champs, but it didn't go well. And I just feel like, you know, hang on to Andrew McCutcheon. You give him that deal. We want to talk about economics. My thing about it is I agree that, that teams can spend more. Small markets can spend more. Like there's no reason that the pirates should have a 40 million. They just, they can't afford it uh, to be higher. But my thing is too, like if, if all the small markets just had this uprise and all the markets like, you know, screw this, we're going to spend more money. We're going to get these players. Like you can't tell me that the larger markets aren't going to laugh and say, well, then fine. We're going to spend more money too. Again, like I keep talking and praising when the Yankees are spending $200 million, right? But the revenue is supposedly 600, $700 million a year. They're as cheap as the pirates are. They're as cheap as the pirates are. I don't care how much money you want to talk to me that they do spend. They're still as cheap. So the Pirates are going to come out and say, we're going to spend 150 right? And the, and the Reds come out and say, we're going to spend 150 You tell me the Yankees are going to come out and say, well, we're still going to take your players because we can. We still have more buying power. Calm down, Billy Bean. I feel <laughs> like I'm reading Moneyball right now. But that's what I'm getting at, and that's why Moneyball like, became a thing. You can't play the same game. 
So even if you want to keep Kutch, fine. Now he's his burden, and now you're going to say we're going to spend more money on these other players, but there's still the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Angels and the Cubs are still taking them because you're going to give and you're going to extend and say, well, I know we're small market, but now we're spending 150, but 150 isn't good enough because we're giving 10 years, you know, 300 million, and the, and the, the Red Sox come in and said, you know what, fine, we'll give you 10 years, 350. And it's nothing to them. And you still lose out. So that's why, like, I get the whole small market thing and teams can spend more. But even if they did, all the larger teams can also spend more. I feel like we're having and four all the owners are just comfortable right knowing that they're all going to get doing a terrible job mediating Tyler. And that's why we, are we having- have baseball to where it's at because every owner is comfortable. The Yankees can get their money. The Pirates can get their money. Pirates play a role. We'll play a role. We're all in this together. Let's make some money. All right. Shut the hell up. We're having four different arguments right now. Donardo's <laughs> talking about money ball where we all need to trade our players and work. That's in a small why it doesn't there. make sense to make these players. I say shut the hell up. Players. Jim's over here talking about Andrew McCutcheon that the Pirates could have signed him for three years, 50 million, which is completely different than the Francisco Lindor situation because Francisco Lindor is a lot younger and coming off a very good season, and he's MVP caliber still. Well, Jim also changed his stance. He said lifetime contract. I just want to point that out once again. Anyone's come out with this three-year $50 million. He told me, give him well, a blank check saying, and give him a I'm lifetime not, contract. How many okay. times do I got to so say like, shut realistically, up? realistically, you're not handing the guy the blank check, but you are paying him his fair market value. <laughs> Donardo is playing it as no feel, basically F your feelings. Winning solves everything. <laughs> Which is well, absolutely you shut correct, up, man. The reason why the difference is, you know, Jim, you shut up too. between these two, Lindor and McCutcheon. McCutcheon, what you know, the Pirates did lock up McCutcheon to that first deal, right? So what that ended up doing is instead of Andrew McCutcheon becoming a free agent, when Lindor is becoming a free agent, he was older, right? So that was a huge part in McCutcheon not being dealt in you know 2014 or 2015 because that would have probably happened. Um, but thank God, you know, they, they were able to lock him up a little bit longer. The Indians weren't able to do that with Lindor. So it is a little, it, it's a different situation. Lindor is 27 years old. Like Lindor's next contract is going to be $250 million or higher, most likely. Huge. Um, whereas, whereas McCutcheon, McCutcheon was never going to be in that ballpark um, because of his age. Yes, so we are having four different arguments at one time right now. Because we are arguing about whether the Pirates can afford 30 extra million dollars per year. Donardo's over here saying that that doesn't matter if they can afford 30 million dollars extra per year, which actually does matter because you cannot tell me that that extra 10 million dollars in 2015 would not have made a difference when I had to go out there and watch Jeff Locke and RIP Charlie Morton. I know you got much better, but I think you're misconstruing my argument here, though, too. I'm not debating that, though. Yeah, but you, you kind of are mean, whatever you're saying. Saying oh, it doesn't add $10 matter million what they onto the payroll to me is different than just saying make this guy a lifetime player. We're talking about Kutch in his prime. That's not really making, what Jim is saying. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying he's <laughs> not saying you can get a 20-year habit. You've got to make these guys I'm, lifetime players. I'm the Reds did that with you, Joey Votto. What's it gotten them? I'm saying you pay them what they are worth on the open market so that they don't leave. That's that's what I'm saying. Joey Votto, when he signed his deal, was younger. He was he, they, like that's 
that's what the going rate for him was. He was coming off MVP seasons. He's an elite on base guy. He's sure you know, he's he's like one he's like one good year away from being a Hall of Famer. Um, okay. And- and the Reds did a poor job of building around him. They just did not do That's it. That's exactly right. It's not like the Reds were hampered by the contract. They're paying Mike Moustakas $14 million to play second base, not even a position that he's playing. So that's the problem with the Reds. They're, they're, they're throwing these mon- this money at people, and it's just not working out. It's not like the Votto deal is causing them to not be able to do these things. They're paying Eugenio Suarez $10 million this year. They're paying Moustakas $14 million. They're paying... Going through their lineup here, uh, Sonny Gray is making over ten million dollars. They're they're paying. Cast did I go say did I say Castellanos? No, Castellanos is getting paid fourteen million dollars. Shogo Akiyama is, pay, is being paid seven million dollars. They signed him out of Japan. The guy can't hit like he's just the mm-hmm. defensive mm-hmm. specialist. It's a thirty-three-year-old defensive specialist, and they signed him for seven million dollars. So it's not that the Reds like the Votto deal isn't the problem. The, the, for the Reds, the problem for the Reds is they're spending all their other money just on trash. Like that's the problem, and that's why and they haven't they, been good. And they haven't drafted a player worth a damn in like ten years. Outside pitching, their pitching has been good. You know, their their pitching is good, but as far as like they they Are they really drafted good pitching though. That's what I'm saying. They yeah, have they not drafted it. I mean, Luis Castillo was was developed, I believe, and then developed. Yeah. Well, say, I mean, he was still mainly with the Marlins, though. Yeah, I mean, Amir Garrett. That, that, I think that's one of the yeah. guys, Michael Lorenzen. But you know, so these are not guys, though. Like these are major leaguers, but they're not guys, right? They did a poor job <laughs> of building around a guy like Joey Votto. Once again. I'm going to up it to like seven different arguments we're having right now. <laughs> Uncle Mike, come on in. Let's make it eight arguments. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said, that's, that is the issue with the Reds. It's it, they're paying Joey Votto $25 million. That's that hasn't hampered them from going out there and getting players to, to build around him. They're just not doing a very, very good job of it. I don't know guys. I'm torn because again, I, I understand and I do believe that all these owners can spend more. They're they're cheap, but in other sense, I, I do also understand that there is a there is a real economic thing. I mean, it's the fact that New York makes way more money than Miami, and I just like go back and think too. Like had had Miami, I know it's not the same thing. It's not locking up their homegrown talent, but it's like had Miami signed and gotten our pool holes. I just feel like that that organization would be so crippled. They're already crippled. Exactly. And they're still paying our pool holes $30 no, million. Dollars you know, like think no, about they're it. crippled because they're morons. Same as the pirates. They're crippled well, not because anymore. they're morons. Don't know. The Marlins organization is much better right now. Back in the Until day. they show me that you they are not but morons. Even like Jean Stan, the Jean-Carlo Stan. You can't talk you know? trash about, uh, about Donardo's TFL team. <laughs> <laughs> Until you show me you're not a moron, you're a moron. <laughs> they made the playoffs. I don't care about your TFL league. I'm talking about no, last year. The Marlins, the Marlins made the playoffs. Made the playoffs. They actually made the second round. <laughs> care about the, the last year doesn't count to me. <laughs> <laughs> they were like one game over 500. I would say they made the playoffs and they didn't even start their season until like September. <laughs> 
<laughs> they played they played like 20 games less than every other team. <laughs> they they made the playoffs they were like 13 and 12 <laughs> right oh god but. yeah so i just want to point that out though like the reds the reds haven't been like you keep saying the reds are hampered reds are not hampered by the bottom deal whatsoever they just have made poor decisions on the people around them I don't know. I just think it's fair to say, and if anything, as Pirates fans, we should recognize this, you know, and I'm, I'm one to also admit to it because I felt I bought into the belief that you could sustain success. And I think it's fair to say with small market teams, there's windows, there's windows. You have to believe in the windows. And I just feel if you locked up Kutch, you would have been on the downside while he's still in his prime and you still have him on his downside when you're ready to compete. And that's like the Votto. That's why I explained with the Votto thing. They had to just keep it going instead of doing a, a rebuild because had they done the rebuild, it would have been good on Votto's really, really downside, which, again, like in Detroit with Miggy, you know, like they're in a rebuild. They're that's, starting to come up, but Miggy's see, that's a different animal. very, very bad right now. Um, like I'm sure they'd rather have Miggy off their, their club right now too. <laughs> That's a different animal. But I give, I don't hate, I don't hate the Mickey thing though. I will say I don't hate the Mickey thing because I understand there's a lot of bad deals, but that team was so good for so long. And Mickey deserved that money. What I'm saying is if the Pirates would have just not traded Andrew McCutcheon in the 2018 offseason, let him play 2018, keep him on. We'd be paying Andrew McCutcheon $16 million right now. You'd have a $16 million option that you could choose to pick up next year if you wanted, or you could just sign him to like another one year deal. Let's say he doesn't play that well this year. And he's like, okay, you know what? Andrew McCutcheon is now an $8 million player. Then you pay him $8 million. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just no, there, there was that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like Andrew McCutcheon at the, at the time of the trade, wasn't one of these players that you're going to give a 10-year, $300 million deal, too. That's not who Would you rather have a 36-year-old Andrew McCutcheon or a Lucas Giolito in his prime, ready to go? That's the difference. That's how these small markets get a lot of this talent. Like, we're hampering the the Indians because they didn't get really good, impactful players. Had they done that, like, wouldn't you rather the Indians have some really, really good, impactful players in 2023, 2024? Opposed now a 30, 31-year-old Lindor. You know, as we're talking about, the trade-off is, okay, you just want to have Andrew McCutcheon at 36-year-old, roaming your outfield because, ah, it's Andrew McCutcheon, I loved him, I have his jersey, I waved him one time. Or do you want to say, like, you know, hey, I got Lucas Giolito, who's, you know, vying for the Cy Young right now, and the Pirates are competing. Let me compete. Option just win, well, baby. The pirates, the pirates wouldn't be competing if the pirates. If the pirates had Lucas Giolito, <laughs> they'd still be terrible. And you know what they would do? You know what would happen? Would happen be happening right now if Lucas Giolito were on the Pirates? He would be getting traded. Or uh, option three of having neither, That's and true. we get to yeah. watch Joe Musgrove. Kyle Crick. How about get, that, boys? We get to see Kyle Crick. Kyle Crick's under team control for four more years, guys. 
a lovely debate. Give us your thoughts, everyone who's listening. Chime in, tweet us, give us your thoughts. The sport sucks, the economics suck. And that's Everything the thing, sucks. Again, like we agree on that. Like the the econ- the, the economics of the sport suck. It it does. It's just the way it is. And I totally but get. I, I mean, like, you're, you'll never see yeah. anyone go into the Hall of Fame with a Pirates hat. Just it's it's like not going to happen. Probably the same with the Indians. Probably the same with the Marlins and then the Rays. And you know, like you're just not going to see it now. Like you can't you can't have a, a Ben Roethlisberger on these clubs anymore. Well, you're not going to see it now because front offices are run by statisticians nerds. and nerds who. who realize that, hey, it's a better baseball move for me to trade this guy who's a four-win player who I'm going to pay $15 million for. It's better for me to have a two-win player that I can pay $400,000 for. Like That's that's essentially what it is. These front offices, they're, okay. they're designed to be efficient, you know, as far as you know, find me the find me the the inefficiencies in the game. Be as efficient as possible when it comes to payroll. There is a championship belt awarded at owners' meetings for the owner who has the most wins per per uh, per dollar spent. Right. So, like this is this is their goal. So their goal so let's talk spend money. championship belt. Let's talk championship belt. All right. We'll get out of baseball. Let's get away from the nerds. Do you think Packer fans would have rather champ- seen? Brett Favre for two more seasons and then maybe trade away, you know, Aaron Rodgers because it's Brett Favre and oh my God, it's a lifelong time trial contract. We got to have Brett Favre at all costs. Or was it better they moved on from Brett Favre and came in Aaron Rodgers because you know what? They're still damn good. Like sometimes you just have to make a better decision, period. So here's the difference there. The difference is that there's like, there's one quarterback on your team that you can play. You can only play one quarterback in the NFL. You you can play more than one outfielder in baseball. You can you can There's have somebody one on center your team. Fielder, Jim, and that's his you spot. Can, <laughs> you can have someone on your team who <laughs> is a capable person that you give 250 at bats to towards the end of their career. Like that's not like why why is that a bad thing? You're going to give those 250 at bats to Jose Osuna instead. I'd rather them be given to a 39-year-old Andrew McCutcheon. This whole argument comes down to the fact that the Pirates just suck and don't do anything well. And winning would cure all, but instead we have this that's, stupid argument. That's my argument. Just win. Just win. Just win, baby. Winning cures everything. <laughs> you got Jim there. Would you rather see a 39-year-old Andrew McCutcheon or Jose Asuna or watch the Pirates actually win? Well, I would Pirates love win. to see the Pirates win. I would love to see the Pirates win. Well, there we go. But then what win. I'm saying is I, I don't think that they're like mutually exclusive. Like they, you, can, you can have a 39-year-old Andrew McCutcheon and you can still win. That's my argument. It's not one or the other. Well, here's the issue. They have neither. Exactly. It all comes back to the fact that this organization blows. Well, all we can do is cross our fingers and hope this this rebuild goes 
All we can do is cross our fingers that the Phillies don't pick up McCutcheon's option and the Pirates can re-sign him. I'll, I'll admit, I'm going to say again, like I said, like, I I would love to see Andrew McCutcheon end his career in Pittsburgh. Somehow, some way. With a market so deal like, what if, to be our fourth. So let's say Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon has a two-and-a-half, three-win season this year. A good year. Like, a good enough year to to establish himself that, you know, this guy still deserves to be a starting player in Major League Baseball. Yeah, right? basically what he is right now, right? Yeah, let's say, yeah, let's say he is, he is what he is, right? And the Phillies say, you know what? That's good and all, but we're not going to pay you $16.5 million. And McCutcheon's cheap free right agent. Now. Well, you're probably still looking at a guy who's maybe like $8 million or so. All four, the Pirates throwing out like a three-year, $25 million deal. I, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's it's down to the roster okay. construction. That's not going to really hurt them. I just think I think where I was led to believe with this argument because you keep throwing out like these three years, like these market deals. I just led to you give him a lifetime contract. You sign him long term, and and had you done that, he's not making eight million dollars like in those next years. You know, you got okay. the Votto so you- contract where you're making like thirty a season, and eventually when you become a one more player as a fourth outfielder and a possible DH, can't give you thirty million dollars to do that. A la Miggy and Braun and and Votto, you know these guys that I'm referencing to, thinking of, you know, you're my homegrown talent. Let's give you this 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 lifetime per se contract. Okay, so when I said lifetime deal with a blank check, that was meant to be hyperbole a little bit. Well, <laughs> so I mean, I get the blank check, but you know, like market yeah. value at that time, you know, yeah. like the Votto <laughs> deal at that time. Not like when but what I'm saying is market value, even even McCutcheon market value in 2018 wasn't that. Like, yeah, are we looking at maybe a five year, hundred million dollar deal? I, I mean, that probably would have been within the realm of possibility. Five one twenty five, and I would have been, and I would have been fine with that. Five one twenty five was not going to happen ever. That's what I've taken. That was what he wanted on this check. <laughs> All right. I think we made some fair points here. I think it is safe to say, though, that, that I definitely won the argument. <laughs> Tyler? <laughs> Save it for Starbucks, boys. Save it for Starbucks. I'm going to need a Starbucks after this. I think we have far too many. You know what we didn't touch on, though. You know what we didn't touch on, though. I mean, obviously, a lot of stuff happened today, and, and we we talked about the Lindor deal a little bit. But what about the deal that just absolutely shook the baseball world? Okay, I'm talking Miguel Del Pozo. Get back to those Tigers. A Detroit Tiger, once again. He was right, he was so a Tiger right. before, right? Yeah. So, So, yeah, Miguel Del Pozo, Tiger. He and him and Miggy, him and Miggy are going to lead the 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 Tigers to. But see what I'm talking about, like the Tigers, (laughs) right? That's what they get stuck with because it's that Miggy. The damn Miggy contract. They're stuck with Miguel Del Pozo now. (laughs) That's this is what happens. Miguel Del Pozo was also never. He was also never in the in the Tigers organization. So. 
Who did he come from then? He was a Marlin. He was a Marlin like for life. He lived. Hold on. And uh, he was a Jacksonville guy. He was a Mar. Oh my God, he was. Oh, and then L.A. He was a Marlin. I remember that. It sucks. And he was in Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm hyped though. I'll just to put that out there. I'm hyped that Jacksonville is going to be their Triple A team now. That excites me. Are they going to be on. in the uh, International League? You know, I don't remember. I, mean, I guess it, they wouldn't be in the Pacific Coast League. I wouldn't imagine. They're literally well, on no. the Atlantic Coast. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the Pacific Coast League doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Especially the whole point of the realignment. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're restructuring everything. I mean, because before there were just two AAA leagues. I think that's still staying the same. I think there's still just two. So that would mean International League and Pacific Coast League. So that, I would guess International League is where they would be. Which yeah, I'm not going to Louisville. I'll be honest. You'll get to but see Louisville now, if that's the case. <laughs> the only AAA team in Florida. So that's cool. All right. So Miguel DePozo is a Tiger. Yay. That's, that's a great thing to end on. Actually, it's kind of exciting news. He's not a Pirate. <laughs> all right so we out of here then i think so all right boys well we'll see y'all next week hold up i'm getting a text from i'm getting a text from Geddes saying we don't acknowledge the chat i haven't seen Geddes te- he didn't put anything in the chat no one's chatting anything other than Bucko i need to wipe the dirt off my face <laughs> unless Geddes is, is yelling at us for not not acknowledging Bucko Mike. Most <laughs> likely what it is. So if we have to, then yes, Rosati needs to wipe the dirt off his face. <laughs> Maybe I can do that with the help of um, Manscaped. <laughs> sure. Manscaped, 40% off. <laughs> with code NS9. Is that still a thing? <laughs> so it's up there right now. There you go, Bucko Mike. I'll there tell you, you what. Buckle Mike, you can have some manscaping done. You buy some manscape, Buckle Mike, and you can shave Rosati's face. <laughs> I'm not agreeing to that deal. <laughs> Too bad. It's already done. All right. We're out of here. We'll see y'all guys later. Bye-bye. Sagar Scouts. Later. <laughs>